Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Black and blue with a hand of yellow. All right, now if he's singing to himself on the mountain, people really are going to think he's weird. <laughs> singing along. Well, I'm not going to talk about bluegill. We'll talk about cutthroat. Hey, remind me one more, before you jump in and take off on me here, remind me, bluegill and sunfish, two different things? Um, no, a bluegill is a sunfish. Okay. Uh, because I there was an article I was reading this morning, and I didn't read too far into it, about uh, more uh, conversations they have from time to time uh, talking about invasive species in Utah, and they were concentrating on quagga mussel. And somebody posted that the sunfish at Lake Powell are actually getting massive because they're feeding on the quagga. Have you heard anything about that? I have not, but that's an interesting fish bite in itself. Yeah. I, and I, this, and I, I I love massive sunfish, by the way. Yeah, but but I'm yeah. I'm I'm just thinking it would be great if that's actually taking place as a little bit of help from Mother Nature on the control side of uh, the quagga. But uh, side benefits some pretty big fish, which uh, we'll see if we can find out more about that with the Division of Wildlife Resources. All right, you wanted to talk cutthroats, which is perfect because right after the top of the hour, Faith Jolly's going to be with us to talk about some cutthroat trout projects. But I think our our listeners have been enjoying your species-by-species background information. Well, in fairness, that's trout. I've been just talking trout, and I know that's what people prefer. Even in that, that little song, Boogie Boogie, he says when the trout are gone, and hopefully the trout will never be gone because of catch and release. But the last one on our list is arguably everyone's favorite, and that is Uncle Hytus. Ready? Yeah. Clarky, Utah. Clarky, Utah is a specific strain known as the Bonneville, which we have. All cutthroats are from Lake Bonneville, and there are lots. There are lots. And in Arizona, they call them Apaches. They call them Oh, my gosh. There's so many strains. The only one that's on the other side of the Continental Divide to the east is Bulberry. And he doesn't have, Uncle Hunches Bulberry doesn't carry the Clark designation because Clark from the Lewis and Clark expedition put his name on that. So all the cutthroats that exist west of the, the Rocky Mountains um, are Clarky and then whatever strain that is, okay? Ankur Hodges Agua Bonita, that's the one that comes from the other side of the um, Great Basin in, in the Sierra Nevadas, which is the golden, another favorite. 
which has been planted. Look, um, we've done a lot to try to save this fish. This is a really beautiful, a really special fish. And a lot of people think that they have a hard time competing with, like, brown trout, which are more aggressive, and that's no question the case. Um, the Weber River has been planted many times with these Bonnevilles, but they don't seem to take. And I, I think it's the temperatures, frankly, of the summer, and the pristine nature of the water isn't quality enough. So you've got to have a very pristine, clear water for these cutthroats to survive. And everybody thinks that, like, the brown competes, and that's why it can't make it. I, I disagree with that. But look, staying with this fish, the cutthroat, um, his life expectancy varies. His food varies because as Lake Bonneville receded some 10,000 years ago, it left residue deposits of this fish. And each of them, um, you know, evolved a, a bit differently. So they're all the same fish, but they're different strains. And there are, are broad strains. Like if you've got the Liahontan, which is an original Utah strain from a, a, um, Utah Lake. In fact, Dominguez and Escalante in 1776 drew these fish um, in their journals. They, they lived on the south shore of the Tippinogos branch of the Goju Indians for two weeks, and they drew the, the, uh, the native people tan the hides. That's how much they used this fish. And we guesstimated that they'd be about 45 pounds by examining how they described them and the drawings they made. Wow. Um, and uh, now those are alive and kicking, and I mean literally, because the Pilot Creek strain was saved in little a Folgers coffee can and eventually found its way back to the help of humans. <laughs> to, yeah, to, to um, what, what's the Pyramid Lake? Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and now they're in the high 30s, like 37, 38 pounds is a big one, and there's strong belief that these guys are going to get to the 45-pound range. And by the way, that's where Finn is right now, even as I speak. I mean, this is airing on Saturday, and he's there on a stepladder, <laughs> casting out <laughs> into the deep, year, yeah. trying to get one of these monsters. Yeah. Wow, that'll be some. I hope if he gets one, we'll uh, get some pictures. Uh, we got to wrap this up, but real quick, maybe you already said this. If you did, I apologize. But does the Clarky name come from Lewis and Clarky? Yeah, Clark <laughs> from the. Lewis and Clark Expedition. All right. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, and that's appropriate lead-in to uh, what we're going to talk about right after the top of the hour. We'll be joined by Faith Jolly from the Division of Wildlife Resources. She wants to tell us about some uh, projects, uh, cutthroat trout projects that have taken place in Utah and what that means for you and what it means for the fish. We'll do that next. Hour number two just ahead. Put fish for the kids to catch the bluegill boogie. Yeah, the bluegill boogie. When the bass sing biting and the trout are gone, try the bluegill boogie. You can't go wrong. Come on. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.